reading this morning from Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first week of the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Trembling, bewildered, alarmed, and afraid. Why? Because this is not what any of them had expected. This is not what any of them had foreseen. That morning, that very first Easter morning, two Marys and Salome walking a path to a tomb. That's what they were looking for. They were so concerned about it as they made that walk that they questioned one another, what are we going to do about this giant stone that's going to be sitting in the entryway? We can't move it ourselves. This could interrupt everything that we had planned to do here today because they had a purpose in mind. And they knew what they expected to see when they arrived at this tomb. If they could find their way in, they knew that they would see there the body of their dear friend, of their rabbi, of their Lord, dead for three days and laying on a ledge cut from the stone. And they were focused. They were focused on their grief. And you know what grief does to a person. Grief takes over everything. Grief consumes every part of your life when you're in the thick of it. And you can imagine that these women were in the thick of it after just a few days. Their grief brought them through all of those stages that we're familiar with. Denial. Could any of this really be happening? And then anger, anger that this would be done to someone they loved. And then bargaining, oh Lord, maybe there's just some way that we can turn this all around. And then that deep feeling of depression, that place of darkness that closes in when you're in grief. And then perhaps to that place of acceptance. But oftentimes the roller coaster and the pendulum swings back and forth from one extreme to the other. That's what grief does. And that's what these women were focused on as they made their way to the tomb to do the one thing that they had done for others who had faced death, for others 
who had been buried, that they would go there to honor them, anoint the dead body of their loved one with spices and with oil, in keeping with a long-held tradition of their culture as a way of processing their grief. But that's not what they saw. That's not what they saw. They saw a stone rolled away. How could this happen? Who did this? And as they made their way in, there they saw a man clothed in white sitting on a side of the tomb. And as they looked to find the body of Jesus, it was nowhere to be found. So they were alarmed. They were trembling. They were bewildered. They were afraid. Of course they were. Wouldn't you be? It's alarming when you see something that you weren't expecting and that you weren't looking for. But you know what? It's also equally alarming or maybe amazing what you don't see when you're not looking for it. In a moment, I'm going to have you look at a video. And if you've seen this video before, I want you to save the surprise for anybody else who might be in the room watching it for the first time. But pay attention to this video. Pay attention to the instructions in this video. And we'll come back afterwards to talk some more about it. So watch the video right now. This is selective attention. Count how many times the players wearing white pass the basketball. How many passes did you count? The correct answer is 15 passes. But did you see the gorilla? This video is from research. So did you see the video? And did you see the gorilla? Did you see the gorilla? You know, if it's the first time you saw it and you didn't see it, it's okay. Because you're in good company. Most people don't see the gorilla. Why? Because they weren't looking for it. There was no instruction to look for a gorilla. So of course, that's not what you were expecting to see. And you were focused on something else. You were given a specific instruction. Count how many times the people in the white shirts passed the basketball to one another. And if you were focused in, you at least got that number right, right? 15? But of course you didn't see the gorilla. This describes what those first witnesses on Easter Sunday experienced too. They were looking for a dead man. They expected to see a closed tomb, and they were focused on their grief. And as a result, they couldn't see what God was doing right in front of them. And they couldn't understand what God had been doing all along behind the scenes. 
It sounds an awful lot like where we are today. One year ago, I shared my first message with you on Easter Sunday as your new senior pastor. There were six worship services filled with hundreds of people, dozens of musicians leading us in praise and worship, countless numbers of volunteers making everything perfect before, during, and after those services. Voices lifted in praise and worship, choruses of victory. It's what we planned for. It's what we focused on. It's what we expected. And that's what happened. And here we are today. An empty room. A silent sanctuary. A lifeless commons. A vacant parking lot. None of us saw this coming. It's not what we expected. And we're focused on the grief that so many in our community are feeling right now. Your neighbors, your business, you, your children. We're experiencing and in the throes of grief and it blocks out everything else. And it's totally normal. It's completely expected. There are empty businesses. There are full intensive care units. There's alarming unemployment. There is growing isolation. People are alarmed, afraid, shaken, alone, and bewildered. And it all makes sense. Because that is what we see around us. That's what we're focused on. And that's why just like those first disciples, we don't see it. We don't see what God is up to because God is still at work behind the scenes. And I want you to hear me when I say this. God is conspiring to bring about his good purposes and his divine plan for all of us. And that includes you. This isn't just for somebody else. It includes you and it includes me. God is at work, working to bring about his good purposes and divine plan in our lives. And I've seen it before in my life. I shared just a moment ago that it was one year ago that I joined you as your senior pastor here on this Sunday. But about nine months before that, something else was happening. There was more to the story. About nine months earlier, I was in my office at the church that I served on in Sioux City, Iowa. Wonderful church filled with dear, dear saints who are worshiping today. And a good staff filled with solid people and a ministry that God had called me to and that I was in the thick of. But that particular day, I was having a bad day. Anybody ever had a bad day? Well, this wasn't just any bad day. It was a deeply, deeply bad day. And I couldn't put a finger on why. 
but I knew that I couldn't stay in my office anymore that day. So I got up, gathered my things, told my secretary that I was going to be leaving for the day, went out in the parking lot and got in my car and just started to drive. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't have any destination in mind. I just needed to drive. And I drove around for a while until I came to an empty parking lot of an abandoned Kmart. And I pulled into a parking spot and I stopped. And as I looked out the window and looked around me, something welled up inside of me. And it became a cry that came out of my heart, a cry of desperation to the Lord. And these are the words I said. I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I didn't know what I meant when I said that. There's a lot of different ways that you could take what it was that I was saying. But it came from my gut. And I started up my car and I drove home. 24 hours later, there was an email in my inbox from a woman named Diane Hovis. Diane was the chair of the call committee of Community of Grace Lutheran Church. And that journey led me here. I didn't see it. I couldn't have possibly seen it. I never saw it coming. But God was at work. And friends, that's just my story. You have stories too. You have stories of God's faithfulness that you have seen in your life. And he is not done. He is not finished with you. He is not finished with me. He is still at work conspiring in unforeseen ways to bring about his good purpose and his divine plan in your life. He's still doing it, friends. And one day we will see it. How do I know? Not just because I've experienced it, but because the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Sure, our building may be empty for a while. Our businesses may be empty for a while. Our airports, our arenas, our highways, they all may be empty for a while, but the tomb is empty forever. Amen. It will never be full again because Jesus is alive. Jesus is risen. Death has been defeated Sin has been forgiven. Hope has been restored. And as it says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. God is at work. He is preparing things that you can't see right now and that I can't see right now. But we will see it, friends. We will see it one day. We will see what God is doing right now, and we will look back on this day and say, see what God was up to? Do you see what God was doing? 
Do you know and believe that God is good and that he is good in store for you? It's the truth. So let's focus our eyes on Jesus. Let's look to him. Don't focus on the headlines. Don't focus on the statistics. Don't focus on the quarantine. Focus on Jesus, the one who emptied himself on the cross for you and for me to heal us. Focus on Jesus who shed his blood to forgive you. Focus on Jesus who rose from the dead to offer you eternal life. That offer is still on the table for anybody who will receive it. Focus on him, the author and perfecter of our faith. That means the one who started it, the one who will finish it, Whatever you are seeing right now, it's not the end of the story. You are not forever quarantined. And you are certainly not quarantined from God. He is alive. There is hope. There is a future. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Let's pray. Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, we praise you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done, and we put our hope in what you will do. You are good, and your love is forever towards us. You sent your son, Jesus, to die for us and raised him from the dead so we can have the promise of eternal life with you. And that promise has never been recalled. It has never been removed. It is your promise, Lord. And you are working in unforeseen ways to restore our broken world and to heal our diseased lives. So Holy Spirit, right in this moment, I ask you to bring faith, to bring hope, to bring love into the hearts of every person who is watching and listening. Only you can do this, Lord. Only you, Spirit, can birth faith in the heart of a human. But that is what you do. That is what you have done for 2,000 years. And that is what you can do today. So I am asking and I am declaring in the authority of Jesus that you would move and that you would bring faith and hope and love into the hearts of those who are listening right now. Let them know, Lord, that they are not separate from you. Let them know, Lord, that whatever brokenness and hurt and pain they are feeling on this side of eternity, Lord, it is not the end. And remind them that no matter how empty things may feel in life right now, there is an empty tomb that declares that life begins anew. Bring a rebirth into your people today and bring a new life 
into those who have never received that life from you before. Only you can do this, Jesus, and we trust and know that you will. And Lord, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, give us hearts to understand what you are preparing for us so that we can spread hope like a virus into every person we meet and so that we can see your grace at work in every corner of our community. In the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And amen.